Oh, There's wait a minute. Fun. I just scrolled further down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate it now. I feel like we're having a moment here where the podcast is imploding. We're all going to hate each other. I was, tr- I was trying to get Gary off the hook, too. Wait, I have a question for Teresa. We're going to cut this. <laughs> Go ahead. Teresa, does Gary make you pay for his stuff? <laughs> Hey, Toy Family! Welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything Chris Reiniak and Thimblestump Hollow. <laughs> and designer toy! Sometimes, on occasion. But I'm your host, Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. And we were actually going to skip this week, because I have family in town staying with us this entire week. But I guess rather than skip, you all decided, hey, why don't you invite him on? So joining us today is my identical twin brother, Greg Ham. Hi, Greg! Hey, guys. Wait, was that Greg? No, yeah, that was me. (laughs) Oh, gosh, maybe I don't know very well. I think Greg should have done the opening. Oh, yeah. That would have been funny. So I think to start off the show, as we already pointed out, Greg's my identical twin brother. So you guys should have an idea of what he looks like, what his age is. But he's also been a listener of the show since day one. So I think to find out, A, how good of a listener he is, and B, how well he knows the designer toy scene. So let's <laughs> test Greg's designer toy knowledge, shall we? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, that's going to be Do it. <laughs> okay, first up, Greg, can you name five designer toy companies that produce toys? Designer toy companies. Kid Robot? Strange Cat Toys? Nope. No? I thought they produced some. Uh, they did produce one toy, the Asher Crash with Josh Devine, but I don't think having done one toy qualifies you as a company, exactly. Okay, DKE? No. What? Well, I... Again, I guess you're throwing out like really obscure ones. Oh, okay. TKE is not obscure, first of all. No, well, they're not to you and I, but to most others, they're probably not a name like easily plucked from their brains. They're any you know, anyone that's not familiar. DKE pr- helps produce bootleg toys for many other people. So, I guess what I'm saying, George, is they're not like a mass producer of toys. They do very small runs for the bootleg scene, and they only peek their head out of the ground for a couple conventions here in the stateside. So, to me, they're a little more obscure than some of the companies I thought Greg was going to mention. Like, if he is a listener of the show, DKE is not one that we talk about a lot. So, he's throwing out some curveballs here to start out. I know, you're... I know. What's up? (laughs) So, I'm sure you know some more. Let's see. Uh, Tokidoki? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, let's see. How many is that? Three? I haven't really named one legitimate one, have I? Well, Kid Robot definitely is, and so is DKE. I just wasn't expecting you to say them at all. Okay. Cardboard Spaceship? Okay. That's okay. four. Uh, um, uh, and you all have been wondering why we haven't had Greg on as a guest. This is why. This is what we're going to be dealing with the next hour and a half. It, can I just say I love like it, in my head like I got big ones I could easily just go boom 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 and I love how you're <laughs> I think you're pulling based on probably either things he's you're probably into or he's looking collect. around my office trying to think of who made that who made that <laughs> or cheating yeah well you know I mean some of the stuff I do follow on Instagram I just I'm pulling a complete blank right now he's uh, choking what about Pop Mart okay okay Pop Mart there you go that works. Wow! You could have even said you could have even said Momiji, and that would have been a fringe like Tokidoki. Oh yeah, I do I do like them a lot. 
Okay, let's try something more difficult. How many of my toys can you name? Your toys? Let's see. You've got Sylvan. You've got Hermes. Um, um, geez, you got the Monster Toitum. Who am I missing? I know I got a lot of these. You've got the Mommy G uh, Hermes. That doesn't count. That's the same thing. Oh, no? Okay. You got the entire series of tree characters? You're missing a really big one, Greg. Like, the main. The main? The, like, main thing. I said Hermes. No, bigger than that. Bigger than than Hermes? Jasper? Wow. (laughs) Wow. No! It's Carrot Shake Jake. We all know. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Whooper looper. (laughs) All right. Let's see if Greg can name the four sizes of Dunnies. Three inch, five inch, eight inch, 20 inch. There you go. All right. Very nice. Name a toy George has done. Sculpted. George, I have seen your amazing sculpts all month, and I am trying to think Club Penguin. There you go. (laughs) Well, it's it's not yours. That's uh, okay. George is associated with okay. it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> He's done. He's ready to go in the house. <laughs> He's had <Come> enough. <laughs> no, you know in your step, Greg. No, We're talking toys. I know, but sometimes I'm, lis- I'm listening to this at the office when I'm working on stuff, and the questions I can answer, they seem so obvious. So being on the spot, it's a little bit different. Can't believe I didn't get whooper looper. Now you know what it's like when we have random games and it's a question I should know the answer to and I completely blank. Yeah. Well, let's end Greg's misery and move on to something else. So last Monday was April Fool's and that's the day that everyone seems to try to pull a fast one over someone. Did you guys fall for any April Fool's pranks? Yes. Me too. I almost fell for a John Spanky Stokes prank. And I know that he does this thing every single year, something I look forward to, but I woke up that morning not knowing it was April, or not remembering it was April 1st, and then I went to check the blogs, and there it was, a cause companion dunny. For a split second, I was convinced, and about five seconds after that, I went, there's no way this is ever happening. And then I remembered, it's April Fool's. He almost got me. You almost got me, John. It was close. Yeah. Best one yet. I saw that, um in my feed and I kind of did a double look. I was like, wait, what? And I was like, ah, uh, okay. It'd be kind of cool, honestly, if they did that, but it'll never happen. It was a great one. I mean, just the imagery and the art that John put together for it was really, really nice and convincing too. Like, yeah, and was- that's the thing is a lot of these companies do this with 3D renderings and stuff. So the, the toy itself looks like it exists, but they don't. But there's a lot of these for April Fool's now. Well, I saw Funkos. It was a dog egg. And honestly, it was adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that actually kind of like that they should make that was that based on that meme that was going around with the egg or the golden egg or something like that oh you don't know it wasn't a meme someone created a account on instagram which is a picture of an egg and worked to get the most liked post on instagram because of the egg oh more and than I kylie was, jenner right something yeah, like that like the, okay the biggest of the big and so i think it was a play on and people were like, oh, make a Funko of the egg. And then they had like a April Fool's. It was like a fluffy dog egg. You know, that's the trouble with all this 3D rendering. It's like it could, seriously looks like a production piece when it's done. Almost everything I see, I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. And then you find out, no, it's just some dude that 
recreated fan art. He was bored and he just wanted to do some some renders. Yep, there's a lot of those out there. Pop Vinyl Guy does a lot of them, and a lot of them are hilarious. I've seen a few of his, and they are, they are pretty good. And you're right, Greg, with the 3D renders today, it's so hard to distinguish fake from reality, which is kind of nice for pre-orders to kind of, you get a side of a sort of a sense for what the final colorway might be, but I, I'm the type of person who would still rather see the finished product because the 3D renders are just so polished and so clean. But going back and talking about April Fool's, I, for me, it's kind of, it seems like a bad day to actually do any sort of news because I think a lot of people are preparing their minds for it's going to be a joke. And so one I saw this year that I thought was a joke was Martian Toys leaked an image of a new Abominable Snowcone colorway that they're going to be doing. And those not familiar with Abominable Snowcone, it's a toy designed by uh, Jason Lamone. It was actually the first production toy that Martian Toys ever did. And I want to say that this toy is probably about four years old now since we saw the first initial colorway. I think it had three or four colorway drops. So for them to do a new one, initially read to, seemed to me like it was an April Fool's joke, but it's not. They uh, leaked an image of a green, looks like a nuclear lime sort of colorway. And, and it's great because this is a very popular toy. It's based on a, you know, a monster snow cone. So the, the flavors and the colorway options seem to be plentiful so hopefully they're gonna be a lot more down the road well yeah it's funny i saw it too and i didn't i think i may have seen it before april fools because it was shown at ToyCon uk but i kind of because it's a toy that's been around so long when i first saw it i actually didn't even process it as new because it's right. not new but i mean the colorway is can i share something that i thought was april fools and it turned out to be completely true no. So on April 1st, <laughs> yeah, no, like, shush. So on April 1st, I get this text. Can you believe that Cause sold a painting for $14.5 million today? And I thought, well, that, that's a no, I can't because that's an April Fool's joke. Sure enough, I Google it and it was completely true. So I look up this painting and you know what it was? It was a giant cast of Simpsons characters with zero stylization to them with X's over the eyes. And someone paid $14.5 million for that. Yeah, that one, I, 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 I can't explain. That's just crazy, stupid money. And I looked at the painting, and you're right. I mean, it's basically just a mad droning drawing. It looks like you pretty much traced the drawing, used the same colors. All he did was just do the X's for the guys, occasional jawbone and, and crossbones that Cause tends to do with the companions and stuff. But really, it doesn't seem like there's much effort on Cause's part to create this. I don't know. It's not for me either, but... Someone's into it. Hype beast. It's just, it, this is just so crazy, but this is really, this really is great for the designer toy scene or just art toys in general. I know Cause would ne probably never consider himself part of the scene. He's doing his own thing. He's beyond it, but he does do toys and bring attention to the art toy world. So hopefully this is good for us, I think. But no, we're not going to see Cause show up at the designer toy awards and accept an award anytime soon. He's already won them too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Five Points Fest is just around the corner, less than two months away now, and that's where they host the Designer Toy Awards. So I imagine pretty soon we're going to be hearing that who the short list of finalists for that event are. And I bought my plane tickets for Five Points Fest this week. Me too. Well, I'm not fully set, but I'm coming. I'm going. George, participate. Kevin is going instead of me. Well, that's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. I, lo I love Kevin, but he's no George. I want to see George outside of the West Coast. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to go. I'm not, not going to make it this year. Maybe next year. 
You say that every year. This is like 10 years running. It's only this is like my friend. I had this friend, Rory. He says, this is my last year at San Diego Comic-Con. I'm not going anymore. And he's been saying that for like seriously 15 years, as long as I've known him. And every year he still goes. George, you're the opposite of that. You're like the bizarro Rory. <laughs> One year I'll make it to five points. I mean, you'll, you'll never make it. And I actually stopped going to San Diego, so that's good too. You got a whole reason for that though. You got like grumpy on yeah, it, it or sucks. <laughs> Should we talk about a toy that I'm just looking at right now that was because I was looking for that that snow cone, so I was looking up Toy Chronicle and I came across that turtle head. <sighs> Alex Solis. Have we talked about that? We haven't, but sure, no. let's talk about it. George. Oh my god, that's adorable. It except it's ruined. Exactly. It's- Ruined, George. It's so cute, and then you realize it's Alex Solis. So there's a play. Oh there's wait a minute! Play. I just scrolled further down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate it now. Please. I know exactly. Wait, a... but I'm so excited. The little toilet paper is stuck to his foot. No, but he's got a big turtle head poking out. Yeah, I don't want the. I don't want the poop. I want the little toilet paper at the end. Oh, so this cute. is so sad. I just scrolled down too far. <laughs> I know it was well, so good yeah, until so... that. You you literally just had my reaction. Like I remember seeing that uh, the proto of it, uh, that like the sketch on his page. I was like, oh my god, this is so cute. And then you scroll and you scroll and you're like, oh no. Maybe so, I could just chop it in half and put and mount it to a wall plaque. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Go. Well, and for those that, that haven't seen it, it's called Turtle Head, but it's got it's it's Turtle Head like a joke for, yeah. for when poops coming on your butt. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. That's new to me. But anyway, so it's pooping. But it's like, it totally ruins it. It's so gross, too. Like, it's not, it's like lumpy and... And large. All right, forget oh, it. It's so gross. I don't know like, who Alex Solis is, but I hate poop toys, so he can go to hell. <laughs> no, he's a good guy. He's actually, George, he's one of those guys that was stuck in, uh, in No Man's Land at DesignerCon this year. Well, good. I don't feel bad for him. He deserves... <laughs> no, his, his stuff is fantastic. He's a fantastic artist, but... What's- I just don't know why the potty humor stuff. I think he'd sell ten times more it's, stuff he, without I mean, the poop jokes. Like this is a Spencer's toy. Yeah, but I mean that's kind of his. Like I said, that's kind of his thing. He's always done these sort of like he did a whole series of animals eating other animals, but they're both adorable. So like a shark eating a seal, and they're both smiling, but it's like bloody because being eaten, right. or like a I don't know. I forget the, all the other ones, but it's like oh that's cute. And they're like oh but no. And that's how I think most of his toys are, and some people are into it. So it's one of those things where it's like I look at it and it's cute, but I'm like, it's ruined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's amazing. His, his art is fantastic. He's a really good dancer, if I remember correctly. Um, that's a strange thing to say. Well, <laughs> I, I follow him on Instagram, and I think it's him. So I don't want to go too further, but you'd scroll through, and all of a sudden you'd see this breakdancing video. Anyway. Not important. Gary can cut that out. No way. No? Maybe. <laughs> I feel like I got to see if this is legit. I'm scrolling through his feed to see if he actually is dancing in it because I don't remember ever seeing that. <laughs> like this guy's going to listen. you be like, thanks, Greg. Well, <laughs> really nailed me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he actually has, I don't know if the Kickstarter is still going on, but along with all these, these toy designs that are fun little mashups or whatever, he's been doing these drawing series. Where they always start out really dirty. So, like, it looks like someone's butt or privates or whatever. <laughs> but he'll start drawing. 
I know. It's, you know, like, I don't even want to say it, like penises and stuff. But uh, so they start out really dirty or crude or something. Then he always converts it into something completely different. So, like, you'll first look at it and he says, like, try to guess what I'm drawing. But then as he draws, suddenly it converts into, uh, like, Spider-Man or something else. But, right. like, he's, just, he's very talented. But he's got a Kickstarter for it right now. Um, let me see if I can find it. His art's really good. This stuff is pretty cool. Okay, so it's a uh, it's called oh gosh steganography. Stenography. Stenography. <laughs> oh, thank. <laughs> wow. Thank you. I don't know how to say every word that you're, exists. You're turning into me, Teresa. <laughs> but he's it's it's a play. I think it's like a play on those kind of sketches where he'll have a hidden thing in the sketch. So it's those, uh, you know, those graphics where it's the blue and the red overlapping. But right. then if you tend to put on like three glasses or whatever, or use a certain color, it'll hide the other color from being there. So it's a whole book of that with like secret hidden things and drawings. Sounds but cool. it's pretty cool. And he actually met the goals. So if you're into it and back it, you'll get it. Well, that one came but. out of left field. How do you look I up? know. Well, we're talking about this, but I'm like, well, it's, you know, like it's a picture of Bowser, but then you scroll <laughs> over it, and suddenly you see a butt shooting fire out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking through this Kickstarter. He's, along with the book, he's also got Pigo Biddies, where it's like pigs sitting in a box, but from the side, it looks like boobs. And then he's got these enamel pins of They're Mario Luigi, but when they glow, it's a freaking penis <laughs> like hidden in a pin they're so good i just got to that page too it's amazing this is the same artist yeah pigo biddies is the best <laughs> i mean it's not, obviously not not for me but it's hilarious I turned it on, on this guy i love him now well it's, it's obvious <laughs> Obviously, for like three hundred forty-two thousand of his followers, so he's he's doing oh three hundred eighty-two thousand, so he's doing just fine. Yeah, yeah. What's the thing? Like I said, the the poop thing is like the first one where I'm like really grossed out. Most of the time, it's just fun little mashups. It'd be but, nice if yeah. it's detachable for those who just wanted the cute turtle and didn't <laughs> want the joke, you know? Yeah, but then yeah, but then when it'd be like a hole. Maybe it would just be a little like, like magnetic accessory. Just a All but, right, so let's move on to some toy talk. Okay, can we talk about? I want to talk about a confusing release. Okay. This. Okay, did you all see this Lulu the Piggy Can Toys Era Plus release? Where honestly, Greg, Gary, I feel like you should own this because it's pig themed. But it's like little uh, flocked pigs hanging out in and around a spam can. Yeah. And it's super cute. Can I just say, though, it is super confusing. Like, when people sell stuff, they need to be really clear about what exactly they're selling and how they're selling it. Because the selling that thing was so confusing. So they've apparently got five different pigs, and you can buy them blind, right? So you have a chance to get uh, one of the five pigs, no can, or you can get a three-pack with the can. But the thing is, there's five pigs. Why would they just not sell a five-pack and let you have a chance to get the set? And the three-pack, apparently, is $50, and when you dig into it, it's random. So it's still blind for the pigs. I just don't get it. I'm trying to understand. 
And the fact that it's confusing me trying to describe it is why this why this thing is such a confusing sale because. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't like that. If they're calling it a set. That makes me think that you're getting all of them. Right. They say like, get it with the can, get the set, but it's a three pack, not a five pack, and you don't even get to pick the pigs in your set. It's, it's it says get a can of three. It doesn't say get a set of three. It says get a can of three. Right, but but there's five pigs. Why would they not say get a can of five? <laughs> because they don't want to sell for fifty bucks. They want to sell. For I know, but it's, <laughs> but like, why would they not allow you to just buy it? Like, I look at it and I'm like, you want that? Why can't you just buy it? Because buy then you're not going to buy blind boxes <laughs> afterwards to try and get the other two you're missing. Maybe only three oh. can fit in the spam. <laughs> We need we need a segment where Teresa just dishes the hard truth as a collector, like confessions of a collector or toy truth with Teresa or something like that. Something you just need to go off, Teresa. I think you need to just to vent because I know this stuff as a collector just drives you as what you would say bananas. Well, here's the thing about all that. I'm to, I'm I'm not talking for Teresa about it, but I'm talking as the as someone who's been frustrated with that stuff as well. No one likes blind box. You only like blind box if you're not collecting it. If you're a, oh, this might be cool to have one, like, and you don't really care. If you're a collector, you hate blind box. If you're a parent, but, you hate blind box. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not even just designer toys. It's There's a company called MGA that creates blind box toys that have basically caused an eight-year-old child to have complete meltdowns <laughs> in Target. Like, what do they make, Greg? Oh well, they make they're they're most popular for LOL surprise dolls. Uh, but it's just sad when these kids, like 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 Greg's kid, for instance, gets a five dollar allowance every week or something like that, and they choose to spend it on a blind box that they love the series, and then they get a duplicate, and they just wasted five dollars their allowance on a duplicate. Like that's horrible for a kid. I mean, it's a, it's a life lesson, I guess. But <laughs> I just tell him he's gambling and. He just lost. Yeah. But then he's grumpy for at least 30 minutes. Not everyone's yeah. Teresa just has money to throw at these these gambling ventures. Well, it, it like, yeah, I mean, it's as a kid, I can, I can imagine that would be frustrating. Now, if I want to go, like, you know, buy a random $3 blind bag, that's, you know, that's just for fun on the side. But it's it's hard. That's why so many times I'm buying the case lately is because even if I don't even want all of them, like the entire 12 or nine or whatever, if I like the majority or I like some specific ones, it's better for me just to buy the case and be able to get the ones I want and then figure out what to do with the extras, split it with someone or whatever, than play the gamble game. Well, you just it's proved hard. exactly why people keep making blind box. It's only <laughs> good for the company. It's not good for anybody else except for the company because if you're not, if you buy a whole case because you don't even want half of them, then they've just sold all those extra figures that they would never have sold if they released them where you can buy them individually. So if you're going to buy, if you want these pigs, you're probably going to pick up blind boxes because, oh, well, I'll have an extra cute pig. But what if, okay, what if I just wanted one pig in the can? I can't even do that. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Go buy a fucking can of Spam. It's in the store. <laughs> it's going to cost you $2. It's not even expensive. Buy a blind box and a can of spam, and it's cheaper than any of it. It's true. Wash it, rinse it out, you're good to go. And it's official. That's just some manufactured one. They probably just bought cans of spam and opened them and can't sell them to you. So make sure it's spam light. Yeah, get the spam light so it's the same box. 
<laughs> yeah, Tracy, you need to stop buying things that you don't want. Stop uh, supporting these companies making <laughs> buy box crap. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, I mean, I am very bipolar because I'll tell myself, like, I'll sit here and I'll be like, Teresa, you buy too much. You don't need all this. You have so much. You need to stop. Like, you need to be more selective, et cetera, et cetera. But then I get in the moment, right? I get excited. I see something and all of a sudden it's in my feet. I'm like, oh my God, it's really cute. And I react to it, right? And so it's trying to be better about being reactionary. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, do I have to react quick? Because maybe if I don't have time to think on it or if I try to think on it, it'll sell out and I'll have regrets. So like, it's, it's hard. It's like I a get that. battle with my brain. We need to work on somehow doing small little practices to start weeding down your collecting habits. Like you and George are kind of both the same way where you guys both love to collect a lot of the same thing, just in a variety of different colorways. And I'm the exact opposite. Once I own one thing, I kind of don't want another variation of that exact same thing. The only exception I have of that is Seedless by Shoko Nakazawa. Like that's my, that's my vice. I just love that character so much. I will buy that in other colorways. But col- I mean, Teresa, how many dinos from Unbox do you have? You say it's your vice, and I'm like thinking everything's my vice. That's what I'm saying. We need to somehow but... get you to appreciate having variety. Like think of how much more money you would have if you were just happy with having one or maybe two dinos. Those things are $65, $75 a pop, and you have 20 of them. No, I don't have... I have more like 10, but here's... like $650 you spent on the same toy. Don't start making me think about how much I spent (laughs) on this stuff. No. uh, The thing is, in my brain, Gary, I have been selective because there are so many out there, and I only own a fraction of them. So in my mind... I have been good. Like, I could have bought every single Dino release, and there's like 30, 40, 50 out there now. I mean, there's a crap ton, and I don't even know anymore how many of them have been made between the ice cream and the try and the regular and all that, and there's even giant ones now. Like, so for me, the fact that I only own, I think I have four ice cream, two regular, and a try, I think. I have one more on the way. But, like, to me... I'm, like, proud of myself because I'm, like, I did good. I didn't buy them all. So, like, I don't know. It's, and, again, we've talked about this with colorways. Yes, we know, like, that's the name of the game. They're going to be multiple colorways. The problem is predicting what's going to come. Like, even the snow cone, right? Let's say it first released and it was, I don't even remember which one was the first one, but the blue. And I was, like, oh, my God, I love this toy. I'm buying it. And then all of a sudden they released the red. And I'm, like, shit, red's my favorite flavor. I really would have rather bought that. What do you do? You're probably going to buy the red, but then it's very hard. Like I buy in the moment because I'm like, oh, I really like that. And then the next one comes and you're like, oh, I really like that too. <laughs> I, I would just sell the one I, <laughs> I would sell the one that I like least and buy the one that I like the most. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's always an option too, but then I don't know. Sometimes it's like, it's, it, it's, it's hard, too, with, like, your collection, right, and what you want. So, like, again, I don't have a good line drawn about what I do. But, like, sometimes it's really fun to focus on a specific artist or toy. Like, your collection, George, of your Glios, you have been able to create this kind of whole shelf and scene all around that toy versus a shelf of all sorts of different stuff. Like, there's a cohesive nature to that shelf. So, like, 
I have my Thimblestone Polo shelves, and I have my Dinos, and I have my Elfies. And sometimes it's nice to see a collective of stuff that relates. In George's defense, though, George, how much is the typical Glios? Uh, they're 8 to 10 bucks still. How much is the typical Dino? <laughs> uh, with shipping, like 80 <laughs> Okay, that's, I don't, to me, that's but... not comparable. Fish posh. I mean, money shmoney. It's <laughs> money shmoney. Must be nice. No, I'm. I do have to be careful. Yeah, just pretend like things. Uh, pretend like toy purchasing is like a, like a yellow light. Like you're driving and you're a yellow light. And what you tend to do, Teresa, is you see that yellow light, which is the toy purchase or the release date, and you floor it, pedal to the metal. You don't want to miss out. But everyone, I think what you need to start doing, is breaking for the red light. And then thinking out a little bit more, and but at the same time, all collectors have been where you where you are right now. You're young, you're in your early thirties, no family, no kids to support, no college to think about, so you're just buying what you're like, being spontaneous, and just having fun, which is all, and which is awesome. That's and that's one of the great things about collecting. But at some point, 10, 20 years down the road, you're gonna look at it and go, "Wow, what have, like what have I done?" Oh, I mean, I'm kind of already there. Like, I'd be lying if I said I haven't gotten overwhelmed with how much I have at this point. I mean, there are days where I'm just like, oh, my God, what have I done? (laughs) I I just want to know why I'm being strange cat toyed here. You know, Gary's got this amazing hard-to-get guest. You know what's funny is while that was all happening, I was thinking the exact same thing. (laughs) And I was trying to think of, like, the greatest question I can ask you to tell about Gary and how, like, some embarrassing story about Gary that only you would know. Um, and then, but really, we have a guest here, and we're not even we're not even talking about the well, guest. We're not finding about his history. His <laughs> you went to you're an artist in your own right. We haven't talked about that at all. No, I, it's I mean, scary. I, just, I think it's just because he's my brother. I know. So you guys don't know him. You, you guys have have at it. I'm just gonna sit back and. You were the chill. one who just kind of deviated off into other talk, Gary. So I was just following your lead. Well, have at it. Let's go back. We got to get you're now. right, George. Let's yeah. go back to Greg. Yeah, I have or a do we continue to strange cat toy him and make him come on a second time <laughs> to actually get to talk about himself? Uh, <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think we'll get Greg back because I haven't seen him in three years. So this is probably our one shot. Oh, this is it then. This is it. So have all at right, it, Greg. What, do you, what got well, you? Well, we can we can segue from all this chat about all the toys we collect and ask you, Greg. Do you collect <laughs> and buy a lot of designer toys? Uh, designer toys, no. I typically buy, you know, I think I'm closer to you, Teresa, but I don't spend as much on toys. I, I buy a lot of cute stuff, and I'm really into, like, vintage toys when I see them. I don't collect one specific brand, just if it's cute and it appeals to me. He did used to buy designer toys a lot more when Red Hot Robot was here in Phoenix. He used to go in quite a bit. Actually, tell him how you proposed to your wife. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so my wife, we went in. <laughs> I went into Red Hot Robot. I told her to stay in the car and watch the dogs. And then I went into Red Hot Robot and I bought a Dunny blind box. I went into the restroom and I put her the engagement ring inside the the blind box wrapped around the Dunny ear. And then um, I went back outside and said that I, hey, you know, while I was in there, I was talking to Jason. I decided to buy a blind box. Here you go. And she opened it up, and the ring fell onto the floor, and she didn't see it right away. And then I said, no, you know what? what? <laughs> Where? I was like, where's the ring? And, and, and she didn't know what I was talking about. And then she looked on the floor, and she saw it, and that's when she 
that's when she had some tears. So it didn't go exactly as planned, but I did use designer toys as my inspiration. Oh, that's, that's awesome. cute. My story like... was pretty similar, but not with blind box toys. I was going to say, I feel like I've heard a story similar to this. Was that you? I don't think it was, you know, I don't think I've ever shared a story with you guys. and But I'll share it with you now because it kind of goes along with Greg's kind of a, how things didn't go according to plan story. So my proposal is uh, my wife, Ginger, she's really into games and murder mysteries and escape rooms and these type of things. So our first year of dating, I had a really special Easter plan for her where I spent about a week writing clues and and riddles and stuff like this for her Easter egg hunt in my house. So uh, when she would find an egg, she would crack it open and inside would be some candy, but there would also be a note with a riddle on it that she would have to solve to find the next uh, egg. So on the second year of us dating, I realized I want to marry this woman and she had so much fun with the first scavenger hunt. I decided this is how I'm going to propose to her on Easter day. So uh, again, Easter day, she's going throughout the house to find uh, 12 or 18 eggs. I forget how many exactly. And the last egg is hidden inside the sofa and it's hidden deep on the sofa. So her back is to me and she's going through the sofa. Meanwhile, I'm kneeling behind her with the ring. So when she stands up, uh, she cracks open the egg, but what happened was, is I had, I put too many jelly beans. So when she cracked open the egg, jelly beans just fell out all over the sofa. So rather than reading the note right away, she's more scrambling to pick up all the fallen candy. And uh, when she gets that all gathered up, she kind of walks away to her basket, which is in the kitchen. So she never sees me kneeling behind her. So uh, um, I end up having to stand up and I walked her and I was like, babe, you got to read the note that was in the egg. So she uh, reads the note and it says, will you marry me? And that's where I, again, kneel again in the kitchen and, uh, you know, she accepts my proposal. But So it's kind of funny that Greg and I being identical twins both had similar scenarios, but his wife is also, at the time, I don't know if she is today, but when he proposed to her, she was a big collector uh, of designer toys but she so was, that's she was a really big collector but i i was actually cutting her off a little bit because she was buying buying too much that's why i went into the store and i'm like oh it came out with a blind box here you go i know you've been kind of wanting this set and it ended up being what it was unfortunately it ended up being one of my least favorite designs <laughs> from that set so um, she's got it on her on her inner collection as a reminder that that's the one that we got when I proposed, but <laughs> it's not my favorite of the series. Greg, why did you put a halt on her collecting? Let her live. No, 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 no. No, she, yeah, no. I've seen how much some of these designer toys cost, and um, it was adding up extremely quickly. So what what is expensive to you for a designer toy? 20 bucks. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> any anything over forty actually is is a little much. Is a little outside my my range. Unacceptable. But Teresa, he was his wife wasn't just into designer toys. She was really into customs and commissions and stuff like that. So her side of collecting okay. was kind of more on yeah. the expensive side. Those get pricey. See, I haven't yeah. I haven't gone too off the off the edge. That could get expensive fast, especially now. Yeah, especially but you don't bat an eye at forty dollars. I'm kind of like Greg, and if it, once it hits forty bucks, then I really need to start weighing whether I want the thing or not. And you're just, you're more of like once it's over eighty, then you maybe you'll waver a little bit. It it depends. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the toy. Like I'd I'd question forty if it was something teeny weeny. 
Well, who, but, who's, who's that company that makes the cute little three little pig characters in, in overalls? Um, oh, point, Pointless Island. Pointless Island. I love those. I would totally buy them. And then I looked them up and I saw they were like $45 each and they're not even that large. And I, I was out. Man. But no, that makes sense if you say you're into vintage because those definitely have a more vintage feel. All right. What other questions you got for Greg? Okay. Well, I know. So <laughs> you're an artist. You kind of knew about designer toy and then kind of merged your way into the Funko world. And I'm wondering if you're seeing the opposite happen of people in the Funko offices or world starting to delve into designer toys, whether it's by producing or collecting or what have you. No, I mean, hmm, that's a good question. I've only seen a few. Um, I know that, you know, the 3D sculptors like to delve. A lot of them have their own 3D printers at home, and they, they, make, they make their own toys. But I've only, I only know of a couple that, that have really kind of gone off and done something within designer toys. Okay, because, like, I know Nina. Is it Nina or? It's, yeah, Nana. Nana. But, um, so Nana, I know, is working on this super cute, uh, co like, Kappa Ramen character, and I'm super excited. And so it's fun seeing someone who I know has been doing work for Funko starting to get into the world, and obviously Reese O'Brien with Bim Toy and all of his stuff has been kind of a big thing. But I was just curious. Hey, <laughs> George, you know how you're always out of the loop on yeah, toy names? Yeah, always out of the loop. try. You're always out of loop. You should try totally checking our toy blogs. Do you know what the toy blogs are? I only know the two toy blogs that are sponsors. The to and <laughs> that's thetoychronicle.com. And they have an app that you can use. And the other one is what? Spankystokes.com, right? And you should cool. support those because they support us. Um, and I should actually take that advice, and I should support them, too, because I don't know any of the things that are going on anywhere. And if I read those, I would at least know what you guys know. Exactly. And you could support our scene by buying stuff, too, from our awesome store sponsors. Tell us about them. <laughs> Such as, well, one you know pretty well, George, because you're there quite often, which is 3D Retro. And I also live a block away. Yeah, you can go visit their awesome brick and mortar store then and pay a visit in person. You know what's awesome about 3D Retro going to their brick and mortar store is they have murals like painted up all over the building, around the building by different artists. So it's really cool to go see. Oh, cool. Did they change that up? Uh, there's, yeah, I think there's, what is there? One, two, three, four. There's five different murals now. Nice. Um, and I think there's another one going in soon. So, yeah, stop by 3D Retro in their Glendale location, Burbank adjacent, and you can check out the murals outside and then come in for cool toys. Nice. Or if you're well, in New York, you can visit My Plastic Heart. Or, or for 3D Retro, like people like me who can't hit up California on the daily, they also have a website, 3DRetro.com. But to your point, yes, My Plastic Heart. There in New York, they have a nice brick and mortar as well. But again, if you're me and smack in the middle of Kentucky, <laughs> you can go visit them online on myplasticcart.com. What and about Strange they have, Cat? Do they have a brick and mortar? They do not. They have the uh, moving bus that goes around. But um, if you want to check them out, it's best to just go visit them online, strangecattoys.com. So, and... Wait, wait, wait. Is there a way to uh, reward our listeners by visiting these retailers? For sure. At all of them, or just that strange cat? And my plastic cart. Are they both the same promo code? Nope. <laughs> this is seamless. All right. First one's first. Strange cat. 
Yeah, Strange Cat, they have promo code MARSHAM, and you can get 10% off your order uh, by being a listener, which is pretty awesome. And then My Plastic Heart, their promo code is called TOYFAM, and you can get free shipping off of a purchase of $75 or more. Booyah. And maybe 3D Retro should get with the program and give us a promo code, too. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Ben. What's up? Come on, Ben. But, uh, but yeah, so do it. Do it to it. Go buy them some toys. Go buy me some toys. Go buy George some toys. Use promo code OBEN and see what happens. <laughs> okay, getting back to Greg. Greg, can you talk on any of the Funko White Elephant Christmas stuff at all? Oh, wow. Yeah, so we have an annual Secret Santa that is just amazing. So you just basically get your Secret Santa. The Secret Santa writes down on their list what their favorite things are, what they really enjoy, and then they write their name on it. Just like anything else, you put it in a hat. It goes around the department. Everybody grabs something. And then we got about 10 months to create whatever it is. And then when that time comes. 10 months? Yeah. Yeah. I've already grabbed my secret Santa for for this upcoming. Holy crap. For this upcoming December. And then when you. Yeah. So when December rolls around, I'm not saying we all take 10 months to create it. I mean, I haven't even started mine. But you've got 10 months to think about it. and, And come December. We all exchange our gifts, and people, I mean, everyone just goes fanatic. I mean, everything just, they're just crazy, showing stuff off, taking pictures. We're all just floored by what they built. I mean, some of this stuff, they it go It can't up. be store-bought, right? No, it can't be store-bought. It's going to be, it's, it's got to be completely handmade, or at least, you know, handmade and then printed out on a canvas or something else. But some of the stuff I've seen is just, uh, it just floors me. Last year, I got this amazing Skeletor staff that holds my Wacom pen. It's so great. It just sits there on my desk. It's just amazing. So do some people make other people toys? Oh, no, yeah. Some people make each other 3D toys of their dogs, of their families, of their favorite characters. Some people get collage paintings. Some people get their own Muppet-type puppet. Some people are making plushes. I mean, it's just amazing. And Someone uh, made it like an entire game board. Oh no! Yeah, Candyland as Eternia or something like that. Yeah, they made a they made yeah they made a game board basically Candyland style, but with Masters of the Universe characters, and as you went around the board, everything was decorated just like the Motu world. It was it was fantastic, and that was an instance where it was a collab between one artist and they used a 3D artist to to help implement some of the game pieces. So that time of year is is just amazing where you really get to see some of the talent within that department. God, that sounds so fun. I mean, picturing like, all this. Talk about pressure, though. Oh, well, true, right? No, yeah, there's there's definitely pressure, especially when you you're waiting till the last minute. But yeah, it's basically every year that I've been there, the every gift has just gotten better and better and better. Especially now with with three D printing, that you know, originally those those gifts weren't weren't three D printed, but now there's a lot of three three D printed gifts. And if I'm doing <laughs> So if I'm doing a wood burn or something, I hand it over and then I see this amazing 3D printed robot or something like that. It's just sometimes it's like, oh, but it's the same amount of work. We're all putting our blood, sweat and tears into these toys that we're making for our co-workers. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. Man, I can't even, I mean, the amount of creativity and stuff put into this, you almost have like really fun desks at work. Huh. Well, <laughs> No. Some designers have have more space to display stuff than others. So, ah, okay. You know, so there there are designers that definitely have a, a lot of toys on their desk, and others uh, not so much. Which one are you? 
I don't have a lot of space, so I've got Castle Grayskull on my desk, and I've got some O2 figures around it, and then I got some of Gary's toys on my desk, and then I've got little toys from Richard Richard Scary, and I've got some Tokidoki stuff up there. But no, I don't have a huge collection at my desk. So you mentioned you have some toys from Gary on your desk. Uh, <laughs> do you get uh, twin perks and you get those for free or does Gary treat you like everyone else and you have to buy your toys? No, I, I, I get twin perks. I, I definitely, Gary definitely sends me stuff and it's always a surprise. I mean, Gary Gary's a huge, I mean, a huge inspiration for me. So when I get stuff from him, it's always very exciting. I, I out of all my favorite designers, I mean, I, it sounds weird coming from me because he's my brother, but I mean, Gary is one of my favorite designers in terms of the appeal that he creates in his characters, but I've got the, the Mommy G Hermes on my desk, I've got, let's see, I've got Whooper Looper, and I've got the, the Monster Toydom. And Logan, I think, based on your Instagram, not that I stalk you. Yeah, I've got the hollow Logan that I put my pencils in. And then um, there was a time when I had one of Gary's very first maquettes, the Sinful Lady. I had her on my desk for a little while, oh, and and then I just it wasn't uh, it wasn't the right feel. So yeah, I did an HR home. come around and ask you to take that down? <laughs> Jeez, that was from my pinup days, Teresa. So it was a very uh... risque. Yeah, yeah, it's not something that you would put in the office. It was just a sexy devil girl on a onesie. <laughs> It's so weird for me to think that you used to do stuff like that because you do nothing like that these days. I know, I know. It comes. It's a shock to a lot of people. But I, I love. I've always loved drawing kids' illustrations and cute stuff. But there was a time in my twenties where I was a horned up man drawing, you know, the sexy pinup style stuff, and I wasn't getting much teenage, so I was drawing it a lot. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't draw that stuff much anymore, if at all. Now, you guys know what I draw now. It's the more just kind of family friendly stuff. Wait, I have a question for Teresa. We're going to cut this. <laughs> Go ahead. Teresa, does Gary make you pay for his stuff? <laughs> Careful, Teresa. Yes. <laughs> he does. He you like all of us and make you pay for his stuff. And now I'm thinking, Gary, do you make Teresa pay for her stuff? I do, actually. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah. What a dick. What? <laughs> yeah. Right? What do you mean? Right. Why should she get the stuff for free? You think? You think with all the hard work? Because like, she's I your co-host of... and your friend. Okay, you, you put in here. So... Okay, 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 okay. Hold up, hold up. There, there has... No, 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 no. Me first. Okay. Jess, I spent a lot of time on the prep doc this week, and he wrote in there, "Dang, Teresa, you're awesome. I'd give you a raise if I could, but I can't. So great job." I'm like, "You could give me some toys, you know." <laughs> Seriously, like this. <laughs> whoa, 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 So, no, I, I sound horrible. I do give well, you free stuff. I have not, given you free it, stuff. Because it is horrible. <laughs> no, I've absolutely given her some free stuff, like the Dunnies or like the, you know, the cheaper oh, stuff. But the stuff exactly. that I'm paying for out of pocket, like a whooper looper or something, then, yeah, she, she pays for that. You don't want to give it to someone who would love and appreciate it and give it such a good home. Who's a co-host on your podcast? Aren't we supposed to be talking to Greg right now? Who runs your Facebook group? <laughs> your this is a great question, Jess. Thank uh, you. No. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Teresa, <laughs> no, help me out here. You know this isn't true. <laughs> like, a, like a peasant. Like a peasant listener. <laughs> Unacceptable. I hate this question. You want a fire under my butt, Jess. I'm done with you, Gary. I looked at George and I was like, I think Gary makes Teresa buy shit. I need to know. (laughs) 
If she's willing to drop 80 bucks on her 30th dino, what's another $20 from one of my toys? Because you're her friend. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, you got a box of free stuff coming your way. Oh, don't worry, pen and penance with his whooper whooper. <laughs> that's like that's like me giving that's like but Jess, that's not like free. It's like that cost me thirty five dollars to make. Because it's going to a good home. <laughs> it's going to someone who's gonna love it way more. And I'm sorry, was anybody else trying to buy it? <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> I, but yes, there are. The whoopy loopers have always oh, sold man. through. This took a great turn. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> You're welcome. Man, I hate you. Know, I need. I hate Jess Club. I'm starting that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take. Let's let Gary. Let's let's song. get Gary off the hook. Like, if any of you wanted any of George's stuff, George would be like, "No, please just take it. I don't want it anyways." I'm not George. George will just give anything away because it doesn't sell, right, George? Exactly. Oh my gosh, that was so rude. <laughs> but it's real. But it's real. I feel like we're having a moment here where the podcast is imploding. We're all going to hate each other. I was tr- I was trying to get Gary off the hook too, but now I. I like Greg because he gets everything for free. <laughs> and you notice, Jess, I haven't held anything against him. Yeah. Until that one question. Where is the... This will Did be our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut all that. We don't have to have that in there. No I... way. Keep no it. way. That's Keeper. Um, all right. Let's get back to Greg because we don't want to leave Greg on. Okay, let's see who else you get free shit Yeah. From. You ask... I've been asking questions. You go, George. What do you want to know? I just want to know one thing. Who's a better artist, Greg or Gary? <clears throat> Greg, you go. This, this is this is very simple. It's it's always been Gary. He what? Makes, really? No, for sure. He makes it look so freaking easy. Uh, whereas I I, uh, gosh, I'm always using reference. I'm always noodling. I'm always drawing it two, three times over. And Gary has always made it look so easy, which is part of the drive, right? You need someone better than you to help push you over the limit. And Gary's always, Gary's always done that. Sometimes I'll show him something that I'm doing and he's like, yeah, that's okay. 10 minutes later, I'll get a text that just takes what I did and takes it to the next level. And it's just, God, it's always so amazing. Wow, look at that. That was a nicer comment than I thought yeah. we were gonna get. That's a great right? question, George. Wait, so Gary, <laughs> are you are you gonna be nice and be like, No, it's you, Greg, but no, based on you, you're gonna be like, Yeah, that's right. I'm better. Now, Greg is an excellent artist, but what he said was one hundred percent true. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you say that Greg is the better uh artist between you two. No, it, it it's really always been Gary. Gary's Gary's been the driving the driving force behind the artwork. He's he's always taken the first step, whether it be designing toys first or dipping his toes into making shirts and stuff like that. And then usually I'm just in back going, oh, that looks like fun, but I, I just, I've never dipped my toes into doing anything self-produced. But it's it's fun. I did conventions for a little while and was, you know, was doing good. Half my booth was fan art and half my booth was my own art. And I really wanted to, get over that hump of just, you know, having to sell fan art just to pay for the booth next year so I could be there. But 
No, Gary. Gary's, I mean, he's just an exceptional artist. So just, ah, he's always made it so darn easy, especially when it comes to cartooning. I want George to keep answering, asking questions. <laughs> I have a question. No, Jess. Why? Teresa, you got a question, Teresa? <laughs> well, uh... Go ahead. Did you... Go ahead. I was going to say, ahead, one of you is your mother's favorite. And that was oh, good I don't know. You know, she would shoot. Oh my gosh, my my mom. She she Let's would call never. Her. Well, unfortunately, we can't call her. But she Shit, never mind. I take that <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Sorry, George just whispered it to me. Fuck. <laughs> 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 I didn't take back any questions. Awkward. <laughs> like, you know, you're right. Did not take questions for me. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know. <laughs> You want to ask a question about our dad? <laughs> no! Okay, this is going dark. I'm red right now. Like, I'm so sorry. Seriously, Jess, don't even worry about it. How, how would you possibly know? And it, yeah. I don't know. Teresa, you got a question? Well, I, so you were mentioning selling at um, the cons and stuff. What was it mostly print work? No, yeah, it, it was all print work that I was doing, and then I did, um, th- this was back in the day at Phoenix Comic Con, I was basically just selling 11 by 14 prints, prints, 5 by 7 prints, and, and little buttons, I, I never made that, that leap, but that was back when prints and buttons were the thing, and now it's, now it's a totally different game when you go to these conventions. So how do I get you to make the leap into the toy world, because... From your answer, it sounded like you not really pushed yourself to get into self-produced stuff. But I want you to. I want you to get involved in our scene, make a toy, maybe do a collaboration with Gary. Oh, geez. Collabing with Gary? Do it. You think I haven't tried that for the past 10 years? <laughs> Why do you think I am the president of the I Hate Gary Ham fan club? <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, Gary. Help Greg out. I want to see something. We, we so did, what are you trying to do? We did have a booth together at the Phoenix Comic Con. I invited Gary down. He did like Saturday and Sunday. So we split up the booth. All my stuff got shoved onto one table. And then Gary sold his what? stuff. No, I know. You got the corner. I got like a one foot space you, on got, a you got, foot table. You got the corner. I know. I'm just trying to build myself up here. But, he, <laughs> but uh, you know, we've never actually done a collab that I can think of. But maybe someday. I mean, do you have a desire to get more involved in the scene and do some designer toy stuff? I know your life is busy and all that, but screw that. I mean, <laughs> don't worry about those kind of things. Because I would love to see, like, before you got really, you know, before you got hired by Funko and I know life got busy, like, you used to post so much stuff to your Instagram. Like, you did Draloween, Mab's Draloween, and you did, like, oh, different know. character designs. And I, you did those really cute one-on-one drawings. And you'll do, like, your kids will draw something and you convert it. <laughs> but, like, there's so much stuff. And I'm like, ah, like, I want you to harness that and make a piece. Like, I want a toy. God, I know. When, great... it com- when it comes to social media, you're right, though. I-, I used to be very, very productive on there. And I kind of just hung it up. I, I quit posting stuff. <laughs> I just... It's just one of those things, but in, in creating a toy, for sure, I think I would like to do that, but I've seen how much Gary goes through it and how expensive it is, and I've also seen, if you kickstart something, how much work that truly is, creating your tears, and and then you've always got to offer something like, hey, you buy this, I'll give you a free drawing, and it's just, maybe someday I'll do it, but I, 
I would also have to hire a 3D artist and work through all that stuff and then finding a factory. Obviously, I could just talk to Gary about that, but maybe someday I'll dip my toe in there. But I figure if I haven't by now, by now it's not going to happen. You know what also happens too is I'll create something and I'll sit on it for a really long time. It's, I, I like it. People actually like it. And then before you know it, somebody else designed something similar. And then it's just like, okay, I'm not going to pursue that any further. For example, I had this little turtle cupcake character that I, that I really liked. It was, a, it was a turtle with a cupcake, and then before you knew it, poof, everyone's doing, not because they saw anything I did, it's just before you knew it, everyone had a turtle with something else as its shell. Well, that shouldn't stop you, Greg. I remember that turtle character. Come I really on. liked that one. You should have pursued that. No. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I was going to ask what got you into like what got you into art in the first place oh, geez. was one of you doing it before the other or was it like did you guys kind of come up at the same time yeah, pretty much the same time this was back in Arizona when we watch, would watch Hanna-Bar get bearer cartoons and then we would do a lot of tracings from our coloring books and then we would take Ben Cooper masks and trace around them Gary I don't know if you remember any of this but I took a Yogi the Bear Ben Cooper mask and I would trace around it and I would walk down the street trying to sell them for you know 10 cents to 50 cents or whatever it was I don't remember that you don't remember that yeah that was that was it was always the cartoons for sure it was never about the art it was always about someday I want to work in animation and while we did that and let me tell you it's it was a really a lot of fun until it wasn't And you realize it's just a job again? It was just hard. And what people don't realize, there's there's 24 drawings to a second in animation, so you can spend an entire week on one second of animation sometimes, and so you feel like you're just drawing almost the same thing over and over on a daily basis. Unless you're the animator where you, you can draw like every ninth drawing or something like that where there's a little more movement but when you first start out as an in-betweener you're basically just tracing between two drawings and in that regard you just feel like a tracer all day long well i I should say this is back when we were doing feature animation that was done on pen and paper you know that's what i was gonna ask it's not non-digital no it wasn't digital yet is there is, is there something like can you tell us the title of any of the things like can we watch any of that stuff uh, yeah, this is back when, when we worked for 20th Century Fox. They had a studio here in Arizona called Fox Animation Studios. Uh, you know, the, the main directors were Don Bluth and Gary Goldman. They, they're the ones that directed all, all three of the movies we worked on. And they were called Anastasia. That was the first one. The next one was named Bartok the Magnificent, which was went straight to video. And the third one was named Titan AE. Oh, Wow. Those aren't I, like, that's not small things. Those no, are, like, no. Yeah, no, they were, they were big feature films at the time. And then, you know what happened while we were making two uh, Titan AE? You know what happened? Toy Story came out. And before you knew it, 3D animation was taking over. Fox Animation Studios decided to close down. And Fox opened up an animation studio over in New York called Blue Sky. And they went on to create Ice Age. Ice Age, yeah. Yep. So, all of us 2D animators were <laughs> were given the boot, and 3D animation kind of took over. That's kind of how it is in the sculpting world too, though, isn't it, George? A little bit. I mean, how yeah, many hand sculptors are around anymore? Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's how it goes. Technology comes in and takes over. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a few exceptions, amazing artists or sculptors that can kind of get away with maybe not knowing the latest techniques and technology and all that sort of stuff. But majority of people wanting to be in this industry, whether it's toys or animation or movies or whatever, yeah, you got to stay on top of this stuff. If you don't, someone younger, more eager, more motivated who knows this stuff is probably going to take your job. Oh, yeah, sure. But don't you feel like in the scene, at least, like I get with, with, you know, movies and stuff, like technology changes and to look more modern and whatever. But I feel like in this scene, if you still wanted to sculpt by hand and not do 3D, it's not like it's not an option. Like you can easily create a sculpt to make a resin cast or hand off to someone to produce or whatever, right? It doesn't have to be 3D. Yeah, I mean, this scene's different because it's more about art. It's not about like getting a product made and things like that. It's this, this scene's a bit different than the actual production world okay i just i mean i know that 3d is becoming a thing and obviously there's benefits to it right because you can easily shrink it or size it up or whatever you know it's, it's digital but but if someone like- wanted to work for a funko or or a mcfarland toys or something like that i would say you're probably gonna have to be skilled as a 3d artist or at least yeah. be knowledgeable in that very rarely do they use the hand sculptors anymore. And I would say those projects for those type of sculptors are far and in between. Oh yeah. If you want to work in an actual toy company, you have to know 3d. You have to, you have to know zebras. You have to know all that stuff. So I was looking up Anastasia. Is it the 1997 movie? That's it. Yep. So you all both worked on this. We did. Yeah. So if there was blush on Anastasia's cheek or an eye glint or a necklace or an explosion or water or a shadow or a tone or a highlight or dust on a plate being blown off, that's stuff that we would have done because we worked in the special effects department. Oh, my gosh. So really, anything that wasn't a character, so like the character animation team did anything. They actually drew the actual characters. And then the effects team, we would draw the shadows, the tones, the highlights, the blush, uh, fire, explosion, snow falling, puka jumping in the snow. That was all the stuff that we did. Footprints, all that sort of stuff. Oh, my gosh. It's so weird that it's a separate person that draws like right <laughs> i i i can't remember if i've seen this movie or not if i have it's been a while but now i want to watch it and i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it in a completely different way like i'm not even gonna care about the story i'm just gonna be like analyzing like anastasia's face oh, and like yeah. watching for stuff to happen <laughs> it's pretty cool you got to work for don bluth oh yeah no i mean that was great don and gary were fan you know they were a lot of fun they were fantastic and then when I first started there, I was a production assistant um, for about six months before I before I got up into the special <laughs> effects animation. And you know who you know who was in the special effects animation department first, Gary. And then I had to work in as a production assistant, going around and cleaning up everyone's drawings and shredding them. And I had to go pick up executives and stuff from the airport, bringing them back to the studio, take them back to the airport, and. Um, I had to interact with Gary and Don quite a bit, and and, and they were fantastic. No Me Too movement there? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody touched you inappropriately? No, (laughs) No, there was nothing like that with me personally, but there were some, there were, there were definitely some moments that in today's world would not be appropriate. Oh yeah, I'm sure. We can share those offline. We (laughs) We got a real gem that happened in our specific department. Uh oh! Uh oh! 
Come on, this is the stuff people want to hear. <laughs> I know. No, we don't. Let's not get political. There's enough of that crap going on around everywhere else, swirling in the interwebs. This is supposed to be an escape, George. You heard it, people. It's Teresa's fault. We're not hearing it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Fine. Get, get political. Jess, You're you got any more questions, into, Jess? You're starting to spread into weird let's, territory laughing about You got any questions? Let's not, redeem yourself, not. Jess. She she banned herself from the room and left Aww, the room. Aw, Jess. She got sad about her. Back, Jess. Ask another question, Jess. You had a good one earlier. <laughs> no. About how many times Gary's sarcasm has gotten him in trouble? Oh, that's, that's, I've lost pretty much all my friendships because of my sarcasm. Well, that's because you keep putting it in emails. <laughs> Yeah, in text form and emails, it does not come I'm across horrible. whatsoever. Teresa, you just look like an asshole. Teresa's, hang, <laughs> Teresa's hanging on by a thread. Oh, he's I I I mean I'm used to it because I can I can dish it back, but there are times where he, it's either mistranslated or he's gone too far. Uh, well, no, I mean this happened to me. There are definitely circumstances where um, I have definitely been misunderstood by by something that I said. So. Uh, sarcasm is a fickle bitch. It gets you in trouble. Especially in the written word. It's true. Hell, there was there was times I'm sure Gary's texted me where I'm like, F you man. Jeez. And then I'll, and then I'll text <laughs> then I'll text Gary later and everything's fine, but you have to read it in terms of I know Gary and that's not how he intended it. And that's the thing, is I, I text like I talk, uh, you know, lighthearted, jokey, sarcastic, and it just never comes across in the written word. And you would think I would have learned by now, but I haven't. I was going to say, maybe you could stop doing it. <laughs> right? Maybe, but here's the yeah. thing, George, is I don't want to text and email friends like I do with my coworkers. You know, I work, I'm very PC, I don't do the sarcasm, the jokes and emails and sort of stuff. I know how that is in a business setting, but when I'm texting with friends, I want to be my myself, more, more relaxed and talk how I would. I don't want to talk to friends like I, I do in a in a business setting. That's just Gary. That's just I mean, that's even, who I am, accept like, it or not. I mean, even the word, honestly, like, mistranslations can happen in general via text. Like, there's times where you could type the word okay, and you mean it like, okay, or you mean, okay. Like, just the word okay could be misconstrued. So, I mean, you know. I think you've gotten better, Gary, about knowing where you can go and where you can't when we talk. Just type SMH after everything. (laughs) Right? Yeah, here's the thing with Teresa, is I've I've definitely learned some boundaries. I've learned what lines to cross and what not to cross. I haven't learned all the lines, but she's very uh, upfront with me. So when I do screw up, she lets me know. And that's the great part. A lot of people don't let you know and they they bottle it up and they don't tend to say much. And then, but that's what I like about Teresa. She'll let me know. And then I know to apologize and then maybe, you know, back off a little bit. I appreciate that. Well, and I've learned, I don't care. I don't necessarily share everything with you anymore. Oh, I've noticed. And, and like, like there's something cause there was, yeah, I think, I don't even know, Greg, if you got pulled into it. Cause he, I, I got some mail call and like you pooped on it. I was like, you suck. But, um, like now instead, if I'll share something, it's more like, I'm not like banked on buying this or anything. It may be more of like, what do you think? Like, what's your See? opinion? Our friendship has changed because of my sarcasm. Teresa, yeah, there are cool. times, Teresa, there are times I definitely send Gary stuff thinking he's going to love it. And dude, it is, I get a text back like, oh, I do not like that. Or I wouldn't buy that. Or, 
You know, it just depends. He, but it's it's never anything. It. No, it's it's not usually something in designer toys. I'm usually at Target. I take a picture of something. I send it to Gary, thinking, oh, he's gonna love this. And and it's quite the opposite. He'll even do that for me for you though, Teresa. He'll take something. He'll see something on Instagram like, oh, Teresa would totally love this, and I'll pass it on to you. And you're like, hmm, no. Well. Greg, you can start texting me directly, and <laughs> yeah, just I don't want to be the middleman anymore. Let's just stop by. Let's let's bypass Gary. We know that we don't need him. Cut It'll him just out. be you and I, and we can be honest. We will. We will. We'll be honest but polite. No, that works. You, I definitely have closer to your aesthetic, cute, 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 which is always funny coming from a 45 year old dude. <laughs> Speaking of cute, do you guys, I have a question for all of you. Do you know who Googiemon is? No. George? Nope. Teresa? I think it's made up. <laughs> I think so, too. You want, okay, so what, 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 uh, God, I can't speak. What Gary's bringing up is Super Plastic has been producing toys under this Googiemon artist. But I have, I've tried Googling, I've tried looking, and also, like, I don't think it's real. I think they made it up, because when I look at these designs, it looks like Huck. It looks like something Huck would design, and I'm, like, to me, it's some secret Huck, Paul, alter ego, like, J.K. Rowling isn't her real name kind of a thing. They just made up Googamon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I think this is 100% manufactured by Huck and Paul. And I think it's great, but it's, it's kind of deceiving in a way because you read the, the releases on it, it will say, we're collaborating with our favorite artist, the legendary hip-hop fashion street horror artist, Googiemon. And uh, I, I, I didn't know who that was, so I started researching, and I can't find anything on the Google's form. And he has an Instagram account with like 60,000 plus followers, but... There's nothing really there. There's, I, I guess maybe there is a bot fan base. Well, it's not I, only that, but if you go to the Instagram, there's only like one post, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's not many. I'm going to go look. I thought there was. No, it says this account is private. And they're not maybe following anybody. Oh, I think they're following like one or two people. Oh, who are the two people they're following? Is it Huck and Paul? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. All right, hold on. I got to get onto Instagram because I can't do it from... Okay, let's go look at Googamon and click on two following. Why can't I see? Oh, I have to follow you first. Okay, I just sent a request to follow. I'll have to see. I don't think I can look at it right now. But he only, well, I wonder if it's Huck and Paul. I, I think it's definitely not real. I don't think it's they, real. The either. only thing up there is a link to their Tumblr. And when you get to the Tumblr, it just says down the rabbit hole. It's not real. It's not a real person. That's, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I think it's it's got to be... Huck. It's got to just be Huck. Yeah, I agree. Hey, guys, it doesn't really matter whether it's real or fake. They've done a nice campaign with it, and I think the toys look great, and they have I believe they've all sold out of the ones they've produced so far. Can I just say, while we're talking about Gugamon and Super Plastic, that <sighs> this whole pre-order release thing is, is clearly not ending, and I don't know. I'm kind of wondering if it's it's run its course. People seem to be growing tired of it. Really? I haven't seen anything saying that because from what I can tell, it seems like they're still selling out of their stuff. I mean, I know the latest one that we were just talking about, the Googiemon, the second one with the bunny ears, that one uh, seemed to do really well in the most recent pre-order. But the thing I didn't like is like it's not going to be done until the fall. So it seems like 
we're getting back to the you know the six to nine month pre-order lead time and to me I don't know I, I I would probably not pre-order anything because that's just too long of a wait for me. I don't know. I've never been a fan of the whole pre-order sales method. I'm just not big on it. Certainly it just, makes it, making toys a lot easier though when you know how many. Oh, I, oh hell yeah! Oh I'm sure. But they still have they're still doing limits, so they they usually have a number on their run. Um, but it's just. Here's the I thing, Teresa. They tell you there's a number on that run, and they do a pre-order, and they say, all right, there's only 333, and then they do a pre-order for two days or whatever it is, and they sell 105, and they're like, sweet, pre-order's closed, sold out, and then they don't have to make 333. <laughs> they can only make 105. They, no one knows. Wait, really? People do that? Yes. Oh, yeah. You don't oh, have yeah. to make the full thing. Why would you make... You could say that there's going to be a limit, like I'm going to limit this. There's only going to be 500, and then your pre-order comes. You only sell 250. Then you don't have to make 500. What are you going to make an extra 250 that are never going to sell and send in the warehouse? But do they tell? No, you don't come out and say anything. You just <gasps> make the right number. No. Now you might not go the other way. You're not going to go over. Like if you say you're only going to make 333, and and you sell 333, then that's what you make plus your APs or whatever. You're not going to make, you're not going to keep going and selling more. That would be a dick move. But there's probably people that do that as well. I'm not saying they do. I'm not saying they do the other way either. I have no idea. I'm just saying that why not? You know what I don't like is I don't like when there's something that it is a pre-order, but you have to buy four figures when all I want is one figure out of that group. He's talking about Super 7 stuff. Oh yeah, like that He-Man set that just came out. I want that so I want that Skeletor so bad, but I'm not I'm not buying all those stupid figures. Yeah, no. There was one where I, I just wanted Merman. I don't need the obscure characters, and I don't bite. I don't do it. We were talking earlier about just sell me the dang on set, and then we got people saying, "Okay, here's the set, and you only want one." So people want both. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's a People are like, don't sell a blind, let me pick mine, but don't just sell the set, let me pick just one. <laughs> we want it all. No, we just want to be able to buy the one thing we want. Right, just let us buy what we like, want. If it wasn't blind, you could just buy all five. But you can't, yeah, because it's blind. So it's like, well, then make me a set, and you can't, because they only make a set of three. Or like these, we, I just want to buy a merman, but I can't, because i got to buy the whole set. It's like, no, just let me buy the one thing I want. Just tell me what it is, make the thing, and I'll decide which ones I want to buy. But then all those poor obscure characters that were mer- paired with Merman will stay on the sidelines. No one will buy them. Get paid. Which is like the honestly, Fungo. What they're doing with a lot of their two packs, I feel, is they put like a character someone really wants, and there's one that's kind of iffy, but people want that darn character, so they buy the two pack. Same old model. Yep, and it always just benefits the company. That's all that matters. Let's start right, a toy let's company. Let's wrap this up. No, we're wrapping this up. We gotta go. Well, <laughs> no, we're going to start a company, George. Don't you want to start a company where we do no, things I right? I started a company where I did it the other way and nothing sells. That's why you don't do it. <laughs> okay. I already did that <laughs> model. I made I made blind box toys, but I didn't make any of them blind box because I hate that model. And guess what? The loser designs don't sell. <laughs> like, I but know exactly make- why people do it. I just hate doing it. And you know that whole thing where people go and have exclusives at conventions and then certain fans can't get the stuff they want because it's exclusive? Well, guess what? I never did that. But you know what? My shit doesn't sell because it's not exclusive. Like, yeah, I don't why don't... everybody does it. It's You have to do it. Yeah, But I'm not an asshole, so I don't do that. Hence why he just gives everything away. <laughs>
Just don't don't make loser designs. Make all the designs awesome. You think you're making all awesome designs, but they're not. That's true. There's always that one weak design, and there's always the one that seems to be the, the favorite, the popular one. And the funny thing is the ones that I like are always ends up being the weaker ones, so <laughs> I know that I can't pick them. <laughs> all right. Uh, That's been the Marsham Toy Hour. That's a good way to end it. Thank you for coming on, Greg. Hey, no, this was fun. Sorry we didn't really interview you or talk to you. That'll be the second time you're on. <laughs> All right, so why don't each of you take a brief moment and let the listeners know where they can find you. Greg, go first. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Greg underscore ham. Teresa. Yes. If you all want to find me, check me out on Instagram, tmhop24. And free package of toys coming your way, Teresa. Be on the lookout. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, just now, because of Jess. <laughs> I'm so glad to know we haven't been friends all this time. But anytime <laughs> Jessica wants something, it's going to be double price. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just use my benefit to get you what you want, Jess, and then I'll just give it to you. <laughs> George is going to get free stuff coming his way, too. I just got to wait for one more shipment, and then it's going to be raining free stuff. You're never going to make any money again if you give it away for free. Then you're going to be joining me. Well, I didn't pay for this stuff. So I'm okay with giving this stuff away for free. Oh, so we're only getting the free stuff free. Okay. Hey, now, I don't have to give you anything at all. I still perform the work for the free stuff. That's just an artist thing for years. I mean, geez, ever since even freelance, everyone expects you to do it for free. Yeah. And then they'll just mention, hey, I'll give you a mention for doing this. I'll tag you on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, you can also find me there at Double G Toys. It's been mentioned a few times. And uh, you can find a link to my store everywhere. where you can buy all of the things that Gary hates. <laughs> can they buy yeah. the exact thing that they don't want? Yeah. It's asking you can buy it. the exact thing that, you, that no one wants on my site. <laughs> <laughs> you are a master promoter, George. I got an exclusive up there that you can buy at any time. Okay, and I am Gary Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We try to do this every week, not because we have to, but because Gary makes us. That's right. So until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>